Ephesians chapter 4 verse 25 Therefore laying aside falsehood Speak truth each one of you with his neighbor For we are members of one another For his name's sake Prescribe truth We're giving you what the doctor ordered Jamal Bandy Apologist The Lord's servant We undeserving But Christ changed our mind frame In a world full of errors The only thing the doctor prescribes is truth Welcome back, everybody, to the Prescribed Truth Podcast. I'm Jamal Bandy, the one who seeks to distribute the truth that the doctor prescribes to the church and the world today. Thank you so much for joining me on this Lord's Day. Um, I wasn't able to do the live stream on YouTube as we're having some Internet trouble. And my little man was a little sick tonight. So no live stream, but we're here nonetheless giving another episode. And on today, we're going to discuss the simplicity and the depth of the gospel. If you would like to contact me, you can do so by calling me at 801-980-6333, or you can email me at prescribe.truth at gmail.com. If you'd like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by partnering with me and joining me on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash prescribed truth for just a dollar or more a month. You can support the continuing of this show, the hosting, and and we have different reward tiers just for you, just to show my thanks and gratitude. And if not, hey, I appreciate your prayers. I, I love the subject of the gospel. The gospel is central. It is key to our faith. If we have a wrong gospel, then it's safe to say that we are not in the faith. So this is an important message. And it's simple. It is simple. Yet there is depth to this message. Now, I remember going to different people and asking them, what is the gospel? Like, what is it? And they oversimplify it. <laughs> they liken the gospel message to just gospel music or to just reading the Bible or to just going to church or to just living a life pleasing to God, which those may sound good to those who haven't read the word or may not be aware, but those aren't the gospel. It's not the gospel. Yet it is simple. It is simple. First thing we have to recognize is that the gospel simply means good news. I mean, that's simple, right? Good news, the gospel. All right. And this good news is something that we all should be made aware of. No one should be without hearing this good news. All right. But now the question is, what is that good news? Now, in order to understand how good this news really is, we must know the bad news. And now this this is where it gets a little complex and we can go into talking about some depth, right? Dealing with our sinful nature, this problem of sin that we have before a holy and righteous God. And I guess that's where I should have started, actually, is with God. God being holy holy, holy, just, righteous. Yet we ourselves are none of those things. We're not holy. We're not just. We're not good. We're not righteous. But he is. He's the creator. And he tells us in his law 
that we should be perfect just as he is perfect. Now, that goes to show the issue right off top because we're not perfect. And so we need this good news. We need this news because we are jacked up because God is holy and we're not. We sinned against this God. So now as we talk about simplicity, I'm kind of going in and out here. But as we talk about the simplicity of it, I thought a good place to go just to give a simple look at what this message is. I wanted to get Paul's words in first Corinthians chapter 15. And I just, I just want to read, starting the first verse, and we're going to read according to the first importance as Paul puts it. And he says, now I make known to you, brothers, the gospel, which I proclaim to you, which you have also received and which you also stand by which you are also being saved. If you hold fast to the message I proclaim to you, unless you believe to no purpose. For I pass on to you as of first importance what I also received. So now Paul is going to give us the gospel. He's given us the good news, right? And he gives it to us in simplistic form. He does. He doesn't go into a lot of breaking down, but he gives us the, the very meat of this good news. He says that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Now, right there. We must pause and acknowledge what we were just talking about concerning our sin, right? He says, Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Paul gives us his foundation of where he gets his faith from, his belief, his understanding from the scriptures, right? That's where we should all like glean from the scriptures according to the scriptures, not his own understanding, not what he's heard from anybody, but from the scriptures. And it's interesting because Paul encountered Jesus on the road to Damascus. And yet he says, Hey, I received this. And it's according to the scriptures. It's according to the scriptures. He died for our sins. Now let's think about how deep our sin goes. Now I know there are going to be those who listen to this, who aren't reformed, who don't believe in the doctrine of election and total depravity or total inability, however you want to put it. But there is a problem with us that we can't fix, and that is sin. We cannot fix our sin. We are born in sin, shaped in iniquity. The Bible tells us that the mindset according to the flesh is hostile towards God and will not submit to his laws because we're not even able to do so. Now, what you do with that text is completely up to you because that text tells me that apart from the Holy Spirit and apart from God's power in my life and regenerating my heart, I will never come to God on my own. I will continue to live according to the flesh and in my sin, doing those things that are displeasing to God. But the good news is that Christ died for our sins. Now, the depth of this is that did God, did Christ die? For everybody's sin in the world. Is that the case? Because we're talking about the depth of the gospel, right? We, we have, we get, we're getting simplicity, but in the depth of it, who did Christ die for? The context that Paul has given us is that he's talking to believers. These are Christians. Christ died for Christians' sins. Those who are in Christ. 
those who have been born again, and he's died for their sins according to the scriptures. Now, sin deeply impacts us in our nature. And this is why it's beautiful to understand the depth of the gospel. Our desperate need of this good news, this message proclaimed to us by which we're being saved, as Paul said in verse two. And man, we praise God for that, right? Look at the depth of the sin, how it affects us in our nature. There's no way, no way that we will come to God. No way that we will bow the knee. No way that we will respect and love him the way that we should, worshiping in him in spirit and in truth, apart from God. God doing it. And this is why we desperately need the gospel. This good news. Because our sin costs us an eternity. Think about that for a moment. Even if you think about all the sins you committed in your whole life. I want you to just focus on one. Just one sin. One that you may have committed when you was in your teenage years. And, and say, for instance, that was the only sin you ever committed and you did nothing else. Your slate was just about perfect except for that one sin. And maybe that sin was just a small, quote unquote, white lie. Well, that white lie would have cost you an eternity in hell. And if you're not in Christ, all of your sins combined cost you an eternity in hell times and times over. Times and times over. That's the depth of this good news. Right? Like, this is such great news. Think about if you are, you're on a prison sentence and you've committed multiple counts of felonies. You know the judge is going to throw the book at you. You know it. You know that your time is going to get stacked and there's no way you're getting out, even for good behavior. You know it. Yet, God provides the way. He brings the sacrifice. He provides the atonement. And it's in Christ. Think about that. What you justly deserve is an eternity in hell apart from God. Yet, Christ made the way. Nothing you could have done, no matter how good you could have ever done to repay God. That's it. But Christ gave his life. He died for our sins according to the scriptures. In verse 4, it says, and that he was buried and that he was raised up on the third day, according to the scriptures. So now this is simple, right? Christ died on the cross. He was buried and he was raised on the third day. But this is important. These things are important. The fact that he actually died on the cross. You have the is you have Islam who falsely teaches that Jesus appeared to have died on the cross. There are those who don't believe Jesus even existed, but he died and he had to die. He had to die to give that atonement. It, it was supposed to happen. He was supposed to take the wrath of God on the behalf of those who would trust him. So it was important that he died and him being buried. That was proof. Remember in, this, in the in the in the Gospels how they had the they went to the tomb and saw it was empty. How there is supposed to have been controversy brought up. How the the his disciples came and took the body and everything else. 
all this was important, that he was buried and he rose on the third day. If Christ did not rise, then our faith is futile. We have no true faith, no true religion, no true belief if Christ did not raise on the third day. And the importance of that is he said he would raise on the third day. He said, if you tear this temple down, I will bring it back up on the third day. He said that three days and he'll rise again. And he did that. And it wasn't just witnessed by the 12 disciples. It was witnessed by over 400 people. Think about that. And which Paul said, most of those people were still living at the time that he was writing these letters. That's important. So not everybody could be crazy, y'all. <laughs> not, not everybody could be schizophrenic and, and hallucinating to see a dead man walking. No, but they seen Christ who was dead and is risen. And this is so key, y'all. Every single prophet died. Every single one who would claim that they are the Messiah died. Everyone claimed that they know the way died. But Christ, he did die, but then he rose. So while all these other false prophets and everything else, while they're still yet dead, our Christ, our Messiah, he yet lives. He yet lives. And this should give us confidence. The fact that he lives should give us confidence in our faith to know that it is true. Trustworthy. Our Savior lives. And then it goes on to say, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at once, not in spurts, but at once. The majority of whom remain until now, but some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. And last of all, as it were to one born at the wrong time, he appeared also to me. For I am least, I am the least of the apostles, not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. So look at the simplicity of this gospel message. We have the death, burial, and resurrection, but then we have the purpose of that death, burial, and resurrection. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That's good news. That's good news, y'all. Like that should make you just want to turn from your sins and put your trust in Christ. Look, what God, think about this, y'all, because Christ is God in the flesh. That's, that's who Jesus is. And he, think about this holy God who's created the universe, omnipresent. Powerful, all powerful, yet emptying himself to take on the form of a servant to live this filthy life with no sin. And I say filthy because he lived as a human, like he had armpit sweat. He had to use the bathroom. He had to eat. Do everything. He had to be emptied himself, gave his life. His blood was shed and his blood was an atonement for the sins of those who would trust him, those whom the father has called out by name, those that the father has given to the son from the beginning of time. Praise God. 
Praise God. But this is why Paul tells us in Galatians, he said, man, if anyone comes teaching you a different gospel than what you've received from me, even it don't matter if it was an angel from heaven or anything else. If they come teaching you a different gospel, let them be anathema. And that means accursed. The seriousness of getting the gospel right. So in the depth of the gospel, we can see, man, it is so key. It is so key that we know everything that the gospel entails, the issue of our sin and what that means in our relationship to a holy God. Why is there hostility between us and God? We get into our sin problem, right? But then we can't leave it to just us picking ourselves up by our bootstraps and working on ourselves in order to get right with God, because that wouldn't tell a different gospel. That won't be good news. Because think about it. If you had to work to pay off your sin debt, you would have to live. Well, I will say for an eternity, but even that won't be enough to pay for your eternal punishment. And so it's so central that Christ had to be God in the flesh. So here's the depth of it as well. Christ could not be just a mere man to die on the cross. He had to be God, God in the flesh, an eternal God can atone for the punishment, the eternal punishment of sinners. A mere man can't do that because a mere man can't atone for their own sins. And so now that's, that's, that's deep. That's deep that he's God, God in the flesh, right? And then when he gave his life, willfully gave his life, wasn't forced, gave his life. And that was a promise that all of this was part of a promise given from the beginning. The one, the seed that would come from the woman to crush the head of the serpent. Something. So Christ's death on the cross wasn't plan B. It was always plan A. Always. And that goes deep. That goes deep because you think about from the time of the fall until now. It has always been the plan of God to redeem a certain people to himself for his glory. And that will be also for our joy. We praise God for that. Praise God for that. So I hope this encourages you. When you see how simple the gospel is, right? The good news. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That's the good news. But within that good news, there's a depth in understanding our sin problem, why it is a problem and why we can't fix that, why it has to be that Christ would make an atonement for those who would trust him and why the gospel, by that being the truth, the gospel is a command and not a suggestion. The gospel entails a command that we repent turn from our sins and put our trust, our trust in the finished work of Christ on the cross, him dying for our sins, according to the scriptures. Now, after this commercial, we're going to come back and I'm going to give what I believe is a formal presentation of the gospel as what I would say to someone as I'm encountering on the street 
at work, or anywhere else. So stay tuned for that. Be right back. Can you prove that God is a trinity? Can you prove that Jesus is God? Can you defend the Christian faith? And what is it that Christians truly believe? The new book by Andrew Rappaport, What Do We Believe?, will answer those questions and more. Some people just don't understand what the church is today. But this book will go through the history and meaning of the church. And what's more important than to understand man's sinfulness and God's salvation? Get your copy at whatdowebelievebook.com or at the strivingforeternity.org store. What's up, everyone? This is James Watkins, host of the Five Solas Podcast and founder of Five Solas Ministries. Be sure to check out our podcast that releases every Thursday on your favorite podcasting app as we discuss Christian doctrine and dive into the Reformed theological distinctives and their continued relevance for the church and world today. Grace alone, faith alone, Christ alone, Scripture alone, to the glory of God alone. Join us each episode as we discuss the truths of these foundational rallying cries of the Protestant Reformers and how this material helps challenge and direct the current church in its life of worship and witness. Visit us online at www.5solasministries.com. That's www.5solasministries.com to learn more information about the ministry and to also check out our awesome Five Solas lineup of t-shirts and gospel tracks. And as always, may all that you do be done to the glory of God. Soli, Deo, Gloria. All right, welcome back, everybody. Now, when you encounter someone and you want to share this good news with someone and you want to make it simple, yet you want to drive the point home to let them know their need of a savior. There are a couple of things you can do. Sometimes, depending on who I'm talking to, I want to approach someone and, and just see, do they believe that they're a good person? Because the Bible tells us that man will proclaim his own goodness in which we all do. There's not many people that I go to and I say, Hey, do you believe you're a good person? And they tell me, Oh no, I'm not. I'm a wretch. It's rare that that happens. Now, I've met some people who have told me that they believe that they are a bad person, but they don't think they're as bad enough to be sent to hell. I mean, that's just the case. You know, that's just what it is. But when I approach someone, I ask them, I say, hey, do you think you're a good person? They say, yes. Of course, they're going to say, yes, I'm a good person. And I always ask them, according to what standard, what standard are you weighing your goodness? Sometimes they get stumped at that question. They never really had nobody worded that way. And some people are really honest. They say, well, according to my own standard, I, you know, according to what I think is good. And I said, okay, well, you didn't create yourself. Like there's a holy God that created you. Wouldn't his standard matter more than your standard of goodness? Especially we're talking about being good enough to go to heaven. And of course they would agree. And it's like, of course, if you know, that's the case. And I began to share with them. And what I do is I, I walk them through. And this is what you can do. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. But sometimes I take them through the law and I ask them. I say, well, have you ever taken anything that don't belong to you? And I got this method from watching Ray Comfort, man. Like, I mean, it was just amazing how he just talked to people, run them through the law of God and really show them. And as the Bible tells us in Galatians, that the law is a, is a, is a mirror, is a tutor. It shows us that we, that we are sinners. And I asked them. I said, hey, have you ever taken anything that don't belong to you? Have you ever lusted? Have you ever taken the Lord's name in vain? And many times the answer is going to be yes, because we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We all have. And we deserve his wrath. 
And then after I lay down the law and I said, well, you know, this is God's law. These aren't God's suggestions as far as how we should live. These are his commandments. And then he said, these are these come with legal demands. So according to God's standard, if you stood before him, would you be innocent or guilty before him? And they say mostly they're going to say guilty. Then I asked them again after they believe they should go to heaven. And I asked them again. So according to God's standard, according to your own admission of your sin, would that be heaven or hell? And mostly they'll say hell. I'll pause for a little bit to see has it registered to them or what the seriousness of that is. An eternity apart from God, an eternity of torment, pain, suffering for not trusting in the Lord, for loving their evil more than loving God. And so they begin to share with them the good news. I tell them, I say, hey, well, you know what God did for guilty sinners like you and I? And now I know some people will be careful with this because Christ didn't die for everybody's sin. We've already acknowledged that, right? But I always make it clear. I said Christ gave his life. He gave his life on the cross. He came down. He lived a perfect, sinless life that you and I could never live. And he died the death that you and I deserve, took on a full wrath of God upon himself. That's what he did. And he died as an atonement. And then he rose from the grave. And that proved his ministry. He rose from the grave. It was evident that he was God. Anyone else who should have been doubting, that would have been evident. He rose from the grave on the third day and he ascended up to heaven with power in his hands, at the right hand of the Father. And that comes with the, with the command that he calls on everyone to repent of their sins, to put their trust and hope in him and for what he accomplished on the cross in giving his life as a sacrifice. He calls on you to repent of your sins and put your trust in him. And that's, that's the gospel. I mean, that's simple, right? I mean, there's more that could have been said. There may have been less I didn't have to say, but that's the gospel. The good news is that we deserve God's wrath. We deserve death. Yet Christ came and gave his life and he died for our sins according to the scriptures. So that's a simple presentation of what I would do. Now, if somebody who already knows that they've broken God's law, that they already know, man, I know I'm about need to go to hell. I'm not going to take them through the law. That's too much time. I'm going to share with them the good news. Go straight to the gospel. Repent of your sins and put your trust in Christ. This is what Christ did on the cross. This is what he accomplished. And that is, oh man, and the promise, the promise of the Holy Spirit to seal us. And that's what Paul said in Ephesians. He said, we were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. We were sealed with him. Our inheritance sealed by the Holy Spirit. And that's, that's deep. Our hearts being transformed. So that we, the Bible tells us also that we were granted repentance. That's in John 6. We were granted repentance. This is beautiful. God's hand is all in our salvation. All in us coming to Christ. All in us calling upon his name. That goes deep. That goes deep. And the call still yet remains that we must repent and put our trust in Christ for our salvation. Not hoping ourselves, not hoping that we'll get it right tomorrow or get it, do it better tomorrow or do it better today in order to make up for yesterday. None of that stuff. 
our trust and our hope is in the finished work of Christ. Because when Christ died on the cross, he said it is finished. That means all the debt is paid, paid in full, in full. So that's the simplicity and the depth of the gospel. I hope this has been encouraging to you. Please feel free to comment your thoughts or anything that you would like. Please leave comments. Join me next Sunday, 6 p.m. Eastern time, Lord willing, for another edition of the Prescribed Truth Podcast live on YouTube. If not, stay tuned. Subscribe on your various podcast apps and check this podcast out. It'll be released every Monday, at least on Mondays, Monday mornings. Look for it. All right. We just thank you so much for joining me again. Once again, please support this ministry on Patreon. If you would love to support us, I greatly appreciate it. What I have going on now, I just added recently a $35 tier for those who would like to support this ministry or this podcast getting transcribed and also for YouTube to have captions. I understand some people um, can't hear and therefore it's best for them to read. And some people prefer blogs versus listening on the podcast. And so I'm trying to just have the content be able to be accessible to more people. So I have a $35 tier that I just put up and whoever puts their $35 in, that will be the sole use of that money is to get transcripts for the podcast. Your $35 could help transcribe at least 30 minutes of an episode of prescribed truth podcast and at least caption the content that we have as well. So I greatly appreciate that. So remember this world is full of errors with all its false gospels and false teachings. But the only thing that the doctor prescribes is truth. According to the scriptures, blessings.